Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. It's Wednesday, March 1st. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The indigenous people of the St. Louis region were from several tribal nations. Their descendants wish more residents knew about that heritage. There is a huge amount of dissonance between this vague idea of Native Americans were here first and actually understanding the indigenous peoples who are still thriving today. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Brittany Cordera will tell us how some Native Americans in St. Louis want to make their stories better known. Students from Central and Visual Performing Arts High School in St. Louis have taken their concerns about gun violence directly to legislators in Jefferson City. They spoke with lawmakers yesterday at the state legislature following last October's deadly shooting at the school. Hallie Jackson reports. Dozens of students from CBPA gathered in the third floor rotunda of the Capitol, sharing their experiences, performing songs, and showcasing artwork inspired by October's deadly shooting. The students also urged state lawmakers to, quote, imagine if it was your kid. Brianna Love was one of the CVPA students calling for action. We cannot undo the trauma that's been leveled onto everyone in the building since that day, but we can prevent this from happening in the future. It begins here with you. The more we allow gun violence to run rampant in the streets of Missouri, the bloodier your hands become. State Democrats are calling for red flag gun laws, which could ban individuals who are deemed threats from owning firearms. Such a law could have helped prevent the shooting at CVPA. I'm Hallie Jackson. Legislation to attract more television and movie production to Missouri has been approved by the state Senate. The Missouri Independent reports the ShoMo Act would limit tax credits for qualified productions to $16 million a year. The measure credits some expenses if at least half the project is filmed in the state and 15 percent in a rural or blighted area. Productions would also have to hire Missouri residents and help positively market the state. The legislation now moves to the House. Next week's primary election in St. Louis will be the first for a downsized Board of Aldermen. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Elections officials say the reduction to 14 wards won't change the location of polling places, but it does mean people will be voting in brand new wards and may see unfamiliar names on the ballot. Republican Elections Director Gary Stoff says voters should make sure to review their voter information cards. That will tell them their polling place, ward and precinct and all that. Uh, Or they can also go on the website and check it. His Democratic counterpart, Ben Borgmeyer, says residents can avoid confusion altogether and vote early at one of four locations. If you have an inkling to vote, why not just do it right now and get it done with? Early voting runs until March 6th. The polls open March 7th at 6 a.m. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. We have more about the candidates at stlpr.org. Community leaders along South Grand and St. Louis have a new vision for future development in the neighborhood and business district. The South Grand Community Improvement District has released the findings of a study on redevelopment opportunities. Executive Director Rachel Witt says one of the standout potential ideas is transforming current underused parking lots into a market hall. To really become like an incubator space for businesses who are trying to break free but not really ready for a storefront or have the capital, but really want to test out their product. 
which says South Grand needs a new attraction after some of the long-standing restaurants have closed or announced they are moving to other parts of the region. She says it's still early in the development process and the eventual project may change over the next five years. Two companies are wrestling over control of the fabulous Fox Theater in St. Louis. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports, lawyers for each party told a St. Louis Circuit Court judge that the future of live performances at the Fox is in doubt if the other side prevails. Fox Associates bought the theater in 1981, inheriting a 99-year lease to most of the land it sits on. The lease expires in two years. The landowner, Foxland Inc., says it's entitled to take over the theater at that time. Foxland lawyers warn the theater's owners could let it sit idle while bringing shows to the Stiefel Theater instead. Jerry Griman, a lawyer for the theater operators, says that's not going to happen. The last thing in the world uh, Fox Associates uh, wants to happen is for the uh, Fox Theater to go uh, dark. Griman says that without a legal decision soon, the theater's leaders will start missing the chance to book shows for future seasons. A trial could start next month. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Long before the arrival of European settlers, the St. Louis area was home to the Osage Nation, the Peoria Tribe, the Oto Missouri Tribe, and other indigenous people. They were pushed out of the region beginning in the 17th century. For Native Americans in the area today, there are few connections to their culture and history. St. Louis Public Radio's Brittany Cordera reports on efforts to rediscover the region's indigenous identity. So this is the plaque. Uh-huh. Here lie the remains of Pontiac, chief of the Ottawa... Born and raised in St. Louis, Galen Gritz is a member of the Cherokee Nation. He reads a memorial plaque to a chief of the Ottawa tribe, bolted to a parking garage across the street from Ballpark Village in downtown St. Louis. Pontiac was born around 1720 and became chief of the Ottawas in 1755. Gritz knew he was Cherokee, but grew up questioning what that meant. We were forbidden to speak our language. We were forbidden to do our religion. We had white property owners interspersed among us to water down the bloodline. The search for identity is difficult in St. Louis, which was once known as Mound City because it used to be home to dozens of indigenous burial and ceremonial mounds. After an 1838 law banned Native Americans from living in the state, the city destroyed most of the burial sites to make way for development. Now, critics say area schools teach too little about indigenous history and heritage, and many monuments are in highly developed or abandoned spaces. A lot of the native uh, plaques and memorials are, tend to be in very out-of-the-way remote areas, even, even in the city. So when I say remote, they might be underneath an underpass that doesn't really have that much reason for people to be walking there. There is... Um, a huge amount of dissonance between kind of this vague idea of Native Americans were here first and actually understanding the indigenous peoples who, you know, are still thriving today. Sarah O'Donnell is with the Osage Nation Historic Preservation Office. She says many people in the region believe Native Americans only lived in the past or no longer exist. We asked park goers, uh, just, you know, random folks enjoying Tower Grove Park, if they could name the tribe that used to live in St. Louis. And over 80% of people couldn't name a tribe at all. 
O'Donnell says schools need to do more to make sure students can answer basic questions about Native people. You know, whose lands you're living on specifically? What tribes? What are this, their history? What's their culture? Where do they live today? Um, none of that is really being offered to folks, and it's kind of not easily accessible, uh, especially in Missouri. It's very convoluted and it is very colonized as a place, which means that it's been very difficult to connect to each other. Dale Chambers is Black and Mississippi Choctaw. She's an artist living in the Ville neighborhood where many Afro-Choctaw families migrated from Cahoma County, Mississippi to North St. Louis. The indigenous community here is working to create spaces where people can learn about Native identity in the region. Chambers uses or follows Choctaw traditions in creating a garden that helps feed her community. I've been planting Native flowers, Native trees, Native shrubs, and Native plants. And that is an educational opportunity for everyone. In his backyard, Galen Gritz grows a variety of Cherokee heirloom seeds that help him feel connected with his culture. Gritz is a founding member of a group that helps St. Louis institutions coordinate projects and events that center Native people, culture, and history called Alliance for Native Programs and Initiatives. If we elevate what we know about Native Americans, it does not denigrate uh, the dominant culture, or white people. Uh, it's the truth, and the truth can set us all free. It's one step toward giving St. Louisans more opportunities to get to know the Native community who call this region home, but only a small step toward helping non-Native people appreciate the full history of Indigenous people in the region. I'm Brittany Cordera, St. Louis Public Radio. Mark Degon edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.